Badger, 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 badger. Mushroom, mushroom. Welcome to Love in Brief, an ABDL advice podcast focused on issues of love. Love for yourself, love for others, Mm -hmm. love for your community, love for your partners, love for friends, which is what we're going to talk about today. That special, special friend love. Just so much love. I am one of your hosts, Resonate. Yes? And I'm that other one, Road Not Taken. And today we're going to talk about friendships and making friends in kink, ABDL and otherwise. Mm -hmm. And with us, we have two very special guests, our friends. Well, I'll let you introduce yourselves. Is that fair? Why don't you go first? Tell us who you are and tell us a little bit about your love. What do you love right now? What do I love? What do you That's love? That's such a vague question. Yeah. I'm Barry. Online, I'm Baba Barry or Ella Rain if you look at my porn. but um. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> <laughs> what do I love right now? Um, I'm loving having some tequila. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> clink, yeah. clink. Clink. And how about our other very special guest? You can introduce yourself. Uh, yes, that would be me, the one freaking out over thinking about what he loves. Uh, <laughs> a lot of you may know me as Brad or Aberdeel on Insta. But, I have uh, never said it that way. Many, many ways to say it, but no correct one. So. Aberdeel. That's way more fun than like the way I've been saying it. That's why. When I saw it, I thought he was a magician and was really disappointed. <laughs> Brad, are yes. you not into, like, magic? Uh. Magic not, the Gathering. Oh. Magic the Gathering a little yeah. bit as of recent. But, but not uh, like sleight of hand. No, uh. no, far from it. <laughs> not not sleight of hand at all. So tell me about your love. What 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 are you what do you love right now? The the obvious, of course. <laughs> I think I think we all know what we love. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So we are actually in our home Love and Brief studio right now, which is code for our gross third floor attic recording room. Which is still nicer than my place. (laughs) (laughs) It has way more soundproofing anyway. Um, But we are going to talk about making friends. So let me give you the question here. Here's the question specifically we're here to answer tonight. This one comes to us from Rachel, our friend from FetLife. And Rachel says, any advice you have for meeting people in the kink community? And if you have ABDL specific advice, that would be awesome because this girl loves her diapers. She's in fear. People don't understand. So I think we should talk about what it's like to make friends within the ABDL community and what it's like potentially even to branch outside of the ABDL community for folks who may not necessarily understand this kink. And the reason why we've asked both of you to join us is not just because you're in our home, but because you're both very good at making friends. So I'm going to say in the scant years that you have been involved in the ABDL kink, at least in the community, um, you have made amazing friends. I think that between the two of them, they have more friends than we do in this world. Truth. And and the fact that they've made so many friends in such a short amount of time is just a testament to them and who they are. So I mean, it's been between three and five years for each of you. Is that about right? I mean, for myself, I think it's been almost about three and a half years. Yeah. So and I'm probably about the same. Yeah. So not long. Three. I've been at it for 10 plus and you have already made such an amazing group of friends within the ABDL community, and even venturing outside of the ABDL world. So we want to talk about how do you make friends within this community and without? Well, I'll start. (laughs) I'd say that something important to remember is that, I mean, you know, you've said that we both have like a lot of friends and that's 
True. Surprisingly to each of us, though. Like, and I think, <laughs> you didn't not, see that coming? Well, yes. I mean, I think that it's important to remember that everyone fears about making friends. Mm-hmm. Like, And even the person you see who's like, wow, like... I consider them to be like somewhat quote unquote famous, you know, or have so many friendships is like, they also are afraid of the exact same thing as you. And so if you go into all of your interactions, knowing that, knowing that you're like being very vulnerable within it and that everyone is, that everyone's afraid. It's like, okay, well maybe we're all on the same like starting grounds. (laughs) Amen. I'm so glad you called that out because even this weekend when it was like, Hey, Barry's going to come visit us. I'm feeling after 10 years, and doing the podcast and everything, I'm thinking, God, I hope she likes us. Yeah. Right? Super nervous. Super nervous. Yeah. Because we we want to make friends just like everybody else, and we're nervous. Are we going to be accepted? Or are we not going to be accepted? Of course. Definitely. And Brad, you are, you are a ninja at making friends. So one of the things... <laughs> he really is. Yeah, he really is. If you don't already know, Abra... <laughs> is it Abra? Am I saying that right? Abra, you can say Abra. You can say A-Brad. You can say Abra Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to try and pronounce my name as, I accept it all. Okay, if you don't already or, know Aberdeel, you're about to, because he's at every awesome thing that you want to be at. He knows everybody. The people that I have been close friends with for 10 years are like, oh, yeah, he was just here last week. Like, and he, it's not just that. It's like, oh, do you know this guy? I he's love the, yeah, this guy. He's the and coolest. Like, yeah, we know that guy. He's like our neighbor. We've actually come up <laughs> with, a, with a saying, which I did not coin. I don't know if it belongs to you. I, it or, was me. Okay. And I will on Barry. the record, uh, since we have a record right now, yeah. claim the fact that I came up with his most uh, notable nickname. Which is? Fucking, fucking Brad. Brad. In the most like disdain you know, tone you can muster. But fucking why do we say, we say it? Because... Everybody loves this guy. Yeah. No, and that's why. Like, I have the same experience as you where I'll I'll go and I'll talk to someone. I'm like, yeah, hung out with this guy, Brad, last weekend. Brad? Oh, Brad. You mean Brad? Oh, I shit. Brad. You met Brad? And the first phrase out of everyone's mouth, I love Brad. Mm-hmm. That's because Brad is just deeply lovable. So, Brad, at the risk of putting you on the spot after all this fanboying <laughs> yeah, and fangirling, really. what has been your trick? I mean, it's it's been only a couple of years and you've made such incredible inroads. How do you do it? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> well, that's so not helpful for yes. an advice podcast. But but I can look back on it. I can look back on it and yeah. kind of pick apart maybe some of the parts that I've done. Yeah. A, a big thing that I guess can't be stressed enough is getting out there. Mm-hmm. Possibly one of the first events that I went to. Thinking back on it this morning, I wasn't positive it was my first or second, but I actually had a friend online and we made plans and I ended up with my ass out in Europe. Wow. Yeah. And that was my first event. And honestly, just throwing yourself to the water, meeting people in person is an amazing way to show who you are as a person. Like seeing someone in real life is completely different than talking to a profile picture or Instagram post or whatever social media post you use online. Yeah. Can I be a little presumptuous and speak on the behalf of, both of these guys, please. Well, not on your behalf, but just about you. Do it. So, um, because I'm afraid neither of you are going to say this. Um, so for Barry, I met Barry this weekend and I think one of the most wonderful things that she's brought to our week, it's not even the weekend, it's a holiday. (laughs) The week is that she came instantly super honest and super direct and like, 
with like empathy and kindness, but like never really put on airs. And I think she was instantly herself and that made her super, super likable and super trustable. And I think that's really important Mm -hmm. whenever we all have these like Instagram personas and everything to have somebody come to you and be like, this is who I am and this is what I feel. And that's super, super invaluable. And it was like amazing. And I instantly felt like we were friends because of that. I felt like I could trust her. It's better. It It's so cheesy. It's every teacher's poster you ever saw, but truly like be yourself. And I really never learned that until the past like year and a half even. Um, and realizing how just invaluable that is, has been valuable. It, yeah. I mean, it's changed my every interaction that I make. And even when I first joined the community, I struggled with it with, and then being online, you know, it's hard to always be yourself and to put yourself out there and to make yourself so vulnerable again vulnerability but it's the only way you're going to genuinely make any interaction that you want to have one of the lessons that i learned from ry pretty early on in our relationship was that if you do build a persona like a person who you want to be and who you want people to see that every compliment and every sort of friendship that's built around that doesn't touch you at all so you can see it from afar but you can't actually experience that love and that fun well if you think about it putting on like a fake personality it's like you you're putting out you know this fake person that people are then befriending and it's not you and so if you're going out and I say I want to make friends or I want to get in a relationship and then you've created (laughs) some other personality that people are then making that relationship with then you're not gonna succeed obviously because it's not with you it's with somebody else yeah you're still lonely and then with Brad I think another wonderful thing that Brad has brought to the table is from second one, day one, when we met to have pizza, um, was instant, like, super engaged, great listener who actually cared what you wanted, like, what you had to say and what you wanted to share. So not, like, putting on, like, oh, I'm listening, so you think I'm a good listener, but actually genuinely wanted to know what was going on with you and wanted to hear and wasn't, like trying to make himself the center of attention he just was being a kind thoughtful human being and letting everyone have room and space to be who they were and i think that that's super super valuable in a place where we're all scared we're not going to be seen and we're all scared we're going to get trampled by all of the other big personalities to have someone look you in the eye and actually listen to you for the duration that you're speaking like brett that's, like fucking yeah. Brad. That's part of the secret of fucking Brad. So when we first got together with fucking Brad, <laughs> we went out for pizza. And here's the the hidden secret of Brad's genius. Even if he was an evil genius whose only goal in life was to amass ABDL friends and that was it. Like something really nefarious. I don't know. But he he listens so beautifully that at the end of the night... It's tempting if you're somebody who really genuinely listens. It's tempting to think that the other person is going to walk away thinking, oh, I'm, I did a really great job talking. But you know what they, they walk away saying? Man, that person was awesome. That's how you become fucking Brad. Yeah, that, that's so cool hearing it from the other side because I've, I've never seen that as like a positive side of myself per se. I'm very much the quiet type, not, not really a big talker, but hear that there are people out there that appreciate that and recognize that and actually really enjoy it. It's really cool. It's so, like second teacher poster of the night, but super true is people will not remember what you said to them. They will remember how you made them feel. And Brad made us feel like we were super special and you right. want to hang out with someone like 
with whom you feel really good. A lot of the times I go into these interactions just wanting a friendship. I think too many people go into interactions or maybe this is just my picture that I've painted in my head, but a lot of people go into action, interactions looking for maybe intimacy or a relationship. And while that might not be a bad thing, it's not something that I do. I find that my best times are when I come in looking for friendships. Something happens down the road, maybe three, five years down the road. Cool. It, it's, it would be with someone that I would have met as a friend in the first mm. place. So you're not, you're not seeking out, hey, I'm trying to get this one specific type of relationship from you. Correct. Yeah. Just let's make friends, see how our friendship blossoms, what it turns into, and take it from there. It, it's finding joy in spending time with the people around you as opposed to the relationship itself. We can feel the difference between I'm trying to befriend you because I think it's going to help me either relationship-wise or it's going to help me socially, or I'm trying to befriend you because I think you'd make a neat friend. I think that even if, you know, someone is seeking out something more than a friendship, like the best way to then seek something more than a relationship or more than a friendship out um, is to still have that friendship in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be so much easier for you to find a partner who is someone who you've already like gotten to know as an actual human being um, and they're going to value you so much more and see you more as a potential partner for doing that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And that, that's a big thing with even reaching out to new people online in the first place. It's not, yeah, we can all bond over our kinks and fetishes and like, that's normal. Cool. Mm -hmm. We can do that at any time, but to really strike a chord with someone for the very first time is to find something to relate over. That isn't this big thing that we all share. Um, so, okay. My question's for Barry. So we talked about this earlier this week. I'm not just making wild assumptions about Barry. Um, you don't like, or you don't, feel as fulfilled by small talk you like deep meaningful conversations so when you're at a big party with lots of crazy drinking and lots of of course small talk because not everybody knows everybody how do you find those meaningful connections um i don't think i did a very good job of that um i generally just kind of cornered myself like laid in the corner and was like Shh, you kind of anybody. yeah i wallflowered so how do you make those connections or do you not that's just not your arena for that kind of friendship the common interest we have is, you know, ABDL, is age play, is this fetish. And so number one, it's an okay small talk conversation, at least for me, to talk about that. Because it, it, it's pretty natural. It is the common interest we have. Um, and that is a small talk that I kind of enjoy having. But, um, well, then, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. more interesting than vanilla small talk. But, um, but I have had to learn that it's necessary because, I mean, people just are not going to feel comfortable to be as open and vulnerable until you've had some of those, you know, smaller conversations, but also that if I desire to have a more meaningful conversation with someone that I probably have to bring that up because again, most people don't necessarily feel comfortable with that. And I can understand why. Um, but because it's something that means a lot to me, I usually have to bring it up myself and I try to be, uh, more vulnerable than maybe I feel entirely comfortable with just as my own exercise. Um, and that's really proven to be really helpful for me because then again, it gets people to have an actual connection with who you are and not just with the small talk you're presenting, like about the weather, or about even diapers, because there is more than just the diapers. And it's really great to be able to express yourself and who you are to someone and have them hear that and then respond. And typically I've found that if you're putting yourself there, 
either whether people want to accept you or not, you at least put them on the spot to respond in an appropriate way. Mm. Um, and it does kind of suss out people that if, you know, you want to make that meaningful connection that do also want to make meaningful connections as well. And so um, I don't know. I found that that's really helpful is just really being like maybe arguably too honest about my life. So maybe make your own boundaries other than mine. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you'll helpful. find out pretty quick. Are they just yeah. there for the diapers? Yeah. Or are they there for the human being? Exactly. That's yeah. good. So I want to turn the corner a little bit because I think our question asker, Rachel, um, was asking as well, what about people who aren't necessarily into ABDL, but maybe they live in the greater kink community and I'm afraid that I'm going to spook them. Um, have you all had any experience talking with people who aren't necessarily into ABDL? And if so, how do you talk to them about your kink without spooking them? There's two really big things you have to do with it. First one is going to be actually reading a crowd or room. Mm. Reading, they, reading the room. Yeah. Yeah. So depending on what sort of situation it is, right? Maybe your kink community that you're trying to introduce this to or like explain it to, maybe they've never seen it before. So maybe instead of going all out your first time going to a dungeon or a kink club, you name it, maybe don't wear everything, but go and take it slow. Experience what's at the club. Meet people, see what they're doing, let them ask you what your kink is, and then explain it and gauge their reactions. You are the most important person in introducing it because you know what it is. You know how to best explain it without them going online, finding all sorts of misinformation. Yeah. You are the best resource that they have on this subject. It's true. Um, and I, I agree, you shouldn't, not that you shouldn't, but I don't think it's a great idea to go all out the first time if you're in a different community having respect for that community looks like not just running in full bore and going this is who I am you have to accept me you want them to meet you and see who you are and how you interact with their kink and their you know boundaries their space and then when they do ask you or when you do bring it up they will already have a base layer of trust. They're not going to be like, this person's crazy because they're king. I don't understand it. Yeah. They'll say, I get this person. This person seems pretty chill. Maybe I can learn more about this kink. Don't want to run in there and your onesie and your diaper and say, put me on the St. Andrew's cross. I want to be whipped. Maybe you do want to be whipped, but there's, that's sort of not the vibe. They might need non-ramp first. Yeah. 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 Well, even as we talk about, uh, if you go back to episode 49, where we played a conversation with one of my best buds, who's a Nilla guy, the reason why that went so well was because he already knew my character. And so when it came time to talk about my kink, that was like icing on the cake. So if you come out kink first and they know nothing about who you are, you're taking a huge leap of faith that that kink is going to work because it's literally the only information they have about you. If you can potentially create a little bit of... um, a dialogue and talk about the things that matter to you and sort of share your character that way. By the time you introduce the kink, now they're working from a platform of, I already think that you're trustworthy. I already think that you're okay. When you are explaining these things or when you're even acting it out after you have kind of acclimated a bit, being confident with it speaks yes. volumes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like sure. They could see you and it's maybe it's weird. And if you're like hiding and being timid and shy, it's cute. Don't get me wrong. I love it as much as the next guy. But for an outsider, maybe they think it's a little bit weirder that 
you know, you're ashamed of it, so I should be ashamed of it for yeah. you as well. Whereas if you point. stride in there wearing your best, brightest, cutest outfit and you just strut your stuff and you're confident, talk to people like you normally would, they'll see it as a normal thing. Like they'll, it'll rub off on everyone else around you. Yeah, I mean, he stole my point. Um, oh, fucking, fucking Brad. Brad. Fucking Brad. But yeah, really, but... that is that is the key. And actually, I mean, it's a just general, for me, like, uh, lesson in socialization in general is that confidence is key. And even fake confidence can be key because <laughs> I, well, I don't want to call you out, Brad, but you Please told do. me, <laughs> you had told me after we'd hung out how you're like, a little bit more anxious than I had interpreted you to be. And I was, I remember part of why I was drawn to you was I was like, this guy seems like he knows what he's about. Like, that's really great. And I'm, I'm excited and fascinated to interact and understand this person. And so I was drawn in from that. And the first time we hung out one-on-one, you told me that you're a bit more anxious. And I was like, I never would have read that. And not that someone being anxious is a turnoff, but it definitely is a turn on to people uh, when they're confident and they know who they are. Or even if they don't know who they are, just that they act that way. And I've found for myself that, you know, uh, what's the really cliche phrase? Uh, fake it till you make it. Right. Hate it. There's our third uh, teacher poster of the episode. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could just make a bunch of these yeah. posters. We yeah, could. The teacher poster episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. But it, it is really meaningful. And it's been really meaningful for me. I remember the first TeddyCon I went to, I was I, I just decided I was like I'm going to just go full in just go entirely in and be myself and talk to people and pretend like I am not shaking and my heart isn't racing yeah. and I made the most friends out of any event I've ever been to when I did that uh, and it, it changed my entire experience in the ABDL community and in the you know interactive with the human race at large so I'd say it applies to the general king community as well I would say it applies to life in general, yeah. right? Like so, but but I do want to call out a contradiction here. So if if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm really earnestly seeking advice, I think it would be fair to call out an inherent contradiction, which yeah. is uh, read the room, come in totally confident, right? You see how those two might be in conflict. I think we should address that a little bit. It, it's kind of a stages thing. So it's it's once you read the room, right? Come come in modest is more of the reading the room bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of coming in, you can still be confident and modest at the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. His confidence isn't arrogance, and that's a common. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, that's a common mis uh, misassumption. Yeah, whatever. Misnomer? Is that what it's called? Misconception. Misconception. Sure. Mis- Thank you. Sure, we're using that. Yeah, that's the one. It works. Uh, and yeah, it's not arrogance, like going in with confidence, but still being able to read like, hey, is this appropriate for the group of people I'm within who may not understand exactly where I'm coming from? You can still be confident within it. And you can still, if somebody's like, hey, what are you here for? What is your dealio? Your dealio is that you have this kink and you're not ashamed of it. And even mm-hmm. if you are, like you had said, I really liked how you said it. If you see someone being ashamed of themselves and their own interests, it kind of makes you almost want to be ashamed for them, of too. Of course. Exactly. That's empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's a weird interaction, but, like, if somebody's super ashamed and you are empathic, you're going to join them in being ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said, Brad, that it's stages. So, and I agree with both of you. So, if you go in, like, I'm an ABDL, I have every right to be here, and I understand sort of how to read a room and how to be appropriate. But I do love this about myself and I can't wait to share it. Like that's a way better feel than I have to sneak in and be really weird about it. Like 
know that you do belong there as much as anyone belongs there. But also you may have questions to answer about your kink. Yeah. And if you're proud of yourself, then that should be a very exciting prospect. And I remember one time RNT and I, um, on a business trip, we both happened to be out yeah. in the great twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. And we went to one of their kink munches and it was magnificent. There was like 35 people. They did a whole round table. We went around the room, everybody introduced themselves. And we thought, boy, we are really meeting some great potential friends. And sure enough, maybe we were. I mean, but- we even hung out with like six of them yeah. for like four hours yeah. after that. Yeah. So we hung out, but, but at like hour three and a half, a bunch of them started talking about those gross adult babies and <laughs> Reading the room, we went, okay, you know what? Right now is probably not the moment to say, no, 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 we're all great. So instead, we said, hey, look, um, I, I recognize that this may be really gross to you. That makes sense to me. Um, we're probably, at that point, we, we chose not to try and make those lifelong friends. Because they were already in a spot where it probably wasn't going to work that night. Now, one thing we could have done if we really cared about it was we could have exchanged information and down the road had that conversation. But one of the things that I've learned is that people only have as much information about you as they've been lucky enough to get in the time that you've been together. They weren't ready to acclimate to that reality. They were very, in that moment, they had a whole lifetime of misconceptions about EBDL. I wasn't going to turn that around by going, yeah, but I'm one. Right? Exactly. So I had to read the room. And then if I chose to return to that relationship because I thought it was particularly valid or meaningful or super helpful to me, I could always come back and say, hey, you know my character now. For what it's worth, this thing isn't what you think it is. But that's a tough call, and you do have to be aware. Confident as you may be, you do have to be aware that there are some audiences where maybe that won't work. But I will say there are also people out there who, when you do express that side of yourself, you will potentially experience... Like it's an acceptance like you don't even experience within your own community. So years ago we were at Fat Fest mm-hmm. and I had walked down to the water area with RY and I was in little gear and he was just in normal big grown up gear and there was a girl in like pony boots. You please, if you're a pony boot person don't judge me. I don't know what they're called. Pony (laughs) high heels and a big pony ponytail. And it was really cool. And lots of leather. And she like, like crouched down and talked to me. Like I was really a little, little. And I was like, Oh my God. And it just felt unlike anything. Cause she just like recognized, understood and engaged in a way that she knew would be affirming for me. I don't think it gave her anything. It was just so kind. And you, may very well experience something like that as well once you have bridged the appropriate gaps and like gotten the appropriate trust and yeah i think it can it can be so rewarding to share your kink so don't be afraid even if it's a process mm-hmm. you have to go do it you have to do it like there is no mm-hmm. amount of wanting to do it and thinking about it and wishing you could or any of that you can you can you have to Find a way to transport yourself to a local event, maybe. Maybe that's the difficulty you have there. But beyond that, you just have to go. And and you have to have that confidence. And you have to be able to, you know, read your surroundings a little bit. But even if you don't feel confident, even if you don't feel like you can read a room, 
just go. Because, you know, honestly, there are probably plenty of people just like you who can't do either of those things who will <laughs> probably, you can gravitate towards one another. I mean, even if you don't feel like you can do all of the things that we've said, the most important thing I would say is putting yourself out there because regardless of how much you want to do it or how much you've listened to this podcast for advice and how much you've been thinking about it for days, months, years, decades, whatever, the only thing that will actually make you those relationships is going out there and making them. And mm. I went out there and I made that effort to go and meet people and it's done thus grown into something so beautiful and so meaningful and the most meaningful things in my life are because of some of those first events I ever went to. So mm. I think it's just you have to go do it. That's yeah. the advice. That's I good love advice. That. And like even that. if it's not an ABDL inv- event. Right. You can meet other kinky people. Some will reject you potentially. But if you come in confident, read the room might find somebody you really care about. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think of it like sort of panning for gold in so yeah. much as you may dip that thing in the river a thousand times. It only takes one good try to meet somebody who really matters That's to yeah. you. Oh, exactly. And it's okay if you're not batting a thousand. It's okay if you're not batting 200. If you go to a handful of events or you meet with a handful of people and maybe some of them don't jive with your kink or they reject it, good friends are so precious that if you meet one out of the 10 tries... Like, that was a pretty good result. That's yeah. a win in my book. So, Abra DL slash Abrad DL. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Abra Just fucking Brad. There we go. And Baba Barry, thank you so much for joining us on Love and Brief. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's been really fun. It's been great to meet you guys, too. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it has been a long time coming. And for everybody else, we'll look forward to it. Another amazing year in 2020. We can't wait to see you next time on Love in Brief. Brief.